It's Izzy. Wherever you're listening from, whatever your situation, and whatever brought you here, I'm so, so grateful that you've invested your time in listening to positive content. I truly hope you gain some valuable insights from the episode. I am coming to you live and direct from my garden. So if you can hear birds, that is why. I, truth is... (laughs) thought that today was Thursday. I don't know how, I don't know why, but this week has flown by and I thought I was prepared. I thought, oh, gonna get the podcast filmed. It's a Thursday, I can get it all ready to go for Friday. But whilst on a live, I realised it was not Thursday, that it is in fact Friday, the day when my podcast should already be live. So here we are, here we are. (sighs) Totally unreliable, totally unreliable I am. However, I have made it a commitment to myself that there will always be a podcast on a Friday. So even if it is not at 7.30am, which is when I plan for it to be out, it will come out on the Friday. So today, what I really wanted to talk to you about is something that I used to, I did a lot of work on when I was going through my self-development phase and really working on my mindset. Not a self-development phase, my whole life's a self-development phase. But when I was really focused on doing work on myself and basically improving my life because I'd realised that my mindset was jacking up my entire life. So one way in which I started to change the way my life was manifesting was to actually change the way I was looking at my life. And yes, a lot of that is all about perspective, but perspective can be quite tricky when you're in the middle of a situation. Perspective can sort of be forgotten about. It can sort of be an afterthought. It's also very, um, what's the word? Um, very vague. Like, what does it mean? And I'm someone who likes a good old strategy. I like things to be specific. I like to know exactly what I need to do to get the results that I want. And I hope that's sort of what you take from my podcasts and just my content in general, because I'm so not solutions focused, but strategy focused. I hate, like, I feel so demotivated and frustrated if I've spent time listening to something and then don't have something I can actually physically take away from it. I guess it's like having a goodie bag, going to a party and coming away with the memories, which is something, And but I don't know where I'm going with this, but you, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. So rather than the way in which I change my perspective, rather than just saying, change your perspective, guys, and your life will change. No, the way I did this was starting to work on my language. The voice in our head the way in which we speak to ourselves isn't always very nice. But it's very difficult to change your inner voice when it's sort of inside of you and feels uncontrollable, right? So some of you will experience really bad intrusive thoughts. Others of you will just have a little niggly voice in the back of your head that is almost like the devil sitting on one shoulder and then your authentic version of you being sort of the angel on the other. But we focus on negative. We've been trained to do that. And so we tend to focus on that devil rather than that angel, So what I'm talking about is the external language you use. Starting to become so conscious of how you're talking, how you're speaking, how you're referring to things. So it might be in a conversation with friends. Start becoming aware of the language you're using. You can't change something if you're not aware of it. You can't become, like, change yourself from negative to positive if you're not actually aware of the negative things that you're doing or saying. So... Next time you're in a conversation, literally as soon as after you've finished listening to this, the conversation that you're in straight after this, have a think about what language you're using. Are you using language like, oh my gosh, it's far too hot today, or 
um, oh, the kids were a nightmare or I just can't get anything right or there's, you know, it doesn't even have to be strong. It can be something subtle like um, just make sure we get the, the cheapest thing of the, che- the cheapest version of this or little things that imply that you are not abundant, little things that imply that you are a victim, little things that imply that you are um, disprivileged in some way. Because what do we really want from life? We don't really want tons of money. We don't really want an amazing partner that is the best we've ever had. We don't really want all of these things. What we want is to feel good. We want to feel important. We want to feel empowered. We don't want to feel like a victim. And the reason why so many of us fall into this victim mindset and love to complain is because it's comfortable. It gives us an excuse as to why we haven't achieved the things that we want to achieve. But that is neither successful nor happy, and it doesn't make the people around us feel happy either. So, your challenge for this week is to really become hyper-aware of your language. Now, I will warn you, so for me, it takes me about three weeks of working on something for it to actually become a habit. So, three weeks of consciously doing something or not doing something or consciously being aware of something, so consciously being conscious um, about something before I start before it becomes less effort, before it starts to become an autopilot. So what we're talking about here is changing your autopilot language, becoming aware of your autopilot language and then changing it so that it starts to serve you. Because I'm going to go out on a whim here and say that your language is not serving you. Most likely your language is not serving you. Only about 1% of the population has language that serves them. And by that, I mean is empowering, makes them feel good about themselves, makes other people feel good about themselves. So rather than making a joke that empowers one person but depreciates yourself so self-depreciating joke you're actually saying things sorry there are kids squealing i was hoping this was gonna be really nice with just the birds and a little bit of breeze (laughs) and the trees rustling but i can actually hear people shouting so i do apologize for that but it makes it more real if i think that this is something i'm gonna do more often i do like my sit down chats where i can film it and you can actually see me but it's not very real is it and you know me if you've been following me for a while one of my biggest one of the three things that I think is so important and one of the three keys to fulfillment is authenticity and you guys are always saying how you love that I'm really transparent really open really honest and so I think that's the way forward in this setting today I think echoes that so I used to when I started journaling I would journal everything. (laughs) I would be like, this happened and I didn't like it because of this and I don't feel good today because of X, Y and Z. I would basically use my journal to complain in. But when we do that, we reinforce the fact that there are negatives in our life. We reinforce the facts that there are things that we don't like. And the truth is, and this is something that like literally this alone changed my mindset dramatically, um, is that nothing is either good or bad until you put a label on it, until you label it as so right? No kid is naughty or nice until you put them on the naughty or the nice list, you know what I mean? So you are the decider of your fate, really. You're just the decider of whether your life is positive or negative. No one else can decide that for you. There is always going to be someone who thinks that your life is bad, someone who thinks that your life is amazing. But what they think doesn't matter because there will always be people who are on both sides. What do you think? Because the way that you see your life and the way that you talk about your life will make it seem more that way. 
So I always give the example, this is through the reticular activating system. I've mentioned it in other podcasts, but basically the reticular activating system is at the base of the back of your neck. And what it does is it determines what you what you, what you see. It determines what from your environment, your situations, your experiences gets filtered through to your consciousness. So obviously in every single situation, every single room, in every single experience we have, there is so much information in that room, both in colours. That's why we can only, partly why we can only see so, so many colours, otherwise too many colours would overwhelm us, right? There are so many sounds, but we only hear certain sounds. So right now I'm focused on kind of the sound of my own voice, um, but also the sound of the birds and sort of keeping an eye out for any external uh, other sounds that could distract from what I'm saying for you listening to this podcast. It's why we have the phrase um, selective hearing. So when you call your kid for tea and they don't hear you because they're playing a game, they do hear you, but they're just deciding sort of not to because their brain sort of filters out the stuff they don't want to hear. But yeah, if you said, um, oh, thought you'd been really good today. Here's £10 to add to, to pay for like a new character on your game. I don't play games, but I imagine that's kind of what it's like you can pay to upgrade if you offered your kid not upgrade they'd definitely hear that wouldn't they do you want an ice cream oh just finishing my game be over in a second can you wash up please silence you know what i'm talking about and part of that is just due to kids being kids but also due to the reticular activating system if we um saw every noticed every single car on the road every single number plate every single thing about that car every single bird in the sky every single cloud every single sound that anyone ever made we couldn't live a proper life we couldn't focus on the things that are most important to us it's kind of like why we're the dominant species right animals get distracted by everything right a dog if you just watched a dog or a cat it will just look in a thousand of directions within the space of 10 minutes it gets distracted by everything whereas we can <laughs> deploy the skill of focus we can learn to just focus on one thing at a time. We can say in our heads, no, I'm not going to get distracted by that because I want to finish this. Yes, it's a hard skill to master and a lot of us wish we could be better at it. But we do, we are a lot better than animals. And that is partly why, you know, in what, when we were hunter-gatherers, that element of consciousness that we have above other species means that we don't get distracted by, like an ant and then get killed by the lion <laughs> we can be aware of the lion and think no we don't need to eat the ant right now it's not time to eat we will eat when we get a chance but we're not going to eat now because we have a threat of our threat for our life right random example very different to our actual life but these days but you know what i'm saying so how does the reticular activating system decide determine what we see the reticular activating system is the thing that's sort of hears and sees all of this information but it only allows into our consciousness what like a limited amount of stuff and how it chooses that limited amount of stuff is by understanding what is most important to us how does it know what's most important to us by listening to what we focus on and what we focus on is what we choose to see what we go oh did you see that to a mate or things we write about in our journal the words that we say the words that we write the language that we use so if i spent the next month um only like if i that's why say i spent the next month at like just trying to find out what um understand and learn about as much about f1 cars as i could 
After that period of time, my brain would be inclined to pick up on any people talking about cars. Say I was in a cafe, anyone talking about cars. If uh, if I was on like driving and I saw a cool car, like that would stand out to me. I would have more conversations about it because I would meet more people who liked F1. It would be more dominant and other things would be less dominant. So, um, you know, if I did no psychology for that month and just did F1, I think psychology, is, you know, it's a part of me. It's, it's always been, since I was a child, such a big interest and intuitive interest, intuitive um, part of my life. So it would still be there, but F1 cars would sort of take that precedent. Whereas right now, I have no interest in F1 cars, despite what my mum and brother would wish. Um, I It doesn't interest me. I don't see those things. I don't really care about those things. And if someone was having a conversation about it and I actually overheard them, I wouldn't take part in that conversation. And I probably wouldn't hear it anyway. I wouldn't understand the lingo. So just like that, have you ever decided that you wanted this certain car? Like, you were like, oh, do you know what? I'd really love to have that car. And then you started seeing it everywhere. So for me, when I was doing driving lessons and I knew I was going to get a car, I was going to buy a car when I passed, um, I really wanted a mint green Fiat 500, as did every other um, female of my age at the time, which is, you could see is embarrassing, but it was my taste. I liked it. So... I then started seeing them absolutely everywhere. And I go, oh, mum, look, there's another Fiat 500, mint green, another mint green, another mint green. I see them everywhere. Now, I love Land, uh, I love Defenders, um, Land Rover Defenders. Yeah, it's Land Rovers. I was getting confused between Land Rovers and Range Rovers. Land Rover Defenders. I see them everywhere because I really want one. <laughs> I see them everywhere. I think they're pretty. I think they're cool. I think I just, I, I can see myself in one. And so I see them everywhere. But I don't see these other cars. My partner really likes Porsches. And now I see Porsches kind of everywhere. I I, I, I identify them, not just because I know what they look like, but because I have an emotional connection to them. So what emotional connection do you, what things do you have an emotional connection with that you're putting out into the universe and therefore getting more of it, right? So if, another example, if you have never really had a good relationship and the relationships you have in the past or relationships you've seen or, you know, heard about, were based, you know, had a lot of distrust in them. Maybe they ended up with someone cheating on somebody or um, your family always just made complaints about each other. Your parents just made complaints about each other. Um, all of these things will add up to create your perspective of relationships. And so say you're in a relationship and you've all the stories and experiences you've had up till then are all distrustful. You're going to distrust your partner. You're going to which is going to manifest into them being five minutes late back from work and you thinking, oh, what were you doing? Or them sitting on the other side of the room, texting on their phone, and you thinking, who are they texting? They're, they're cheating on me. And coming to these conclusions that you wouldn't have come to if you hadn't have had that emotional connection to cheating in the first place. So these are just examples of where physically and in terms of action and behaviour and thoughts, these things would come up based on your focus, right? If you're really anxious about your weight, then you are going to notice other people's weight more. You are going to notice when someone really slim walks in the room. But if you don't care, if you're really, you know, just been happy for a long time with your weight, you're not going to see that. So my partner, he has no hair. He is bald um, because he just doesn't have good hair genes. And he decided that actually just shaving off would be a lot less stress and a lot easier and kind of cooler than just having like a little bald patch. 
um, and hair that he wasn't happy with. But even so, he still sees, he notices people's hairline. He notices when someone has really good hair because he doesn't have that. And it was such a big part of his life for such a long time. So the way this comes back to language is that is the first place to start. If you are not as happy as you would like to be, or even for me, the language I've been using recently has been seeing myself as a victim a little bit. So being like, oh, that was really annoying. Or just, I I can't even think of any examples um, per se. But it's just not using as positive language as possible. And even like not saying things when good things happen, that's language that you could be using. So... Just start becoming conscious of the of the words that you're using. Are you saying can't? Are you commenting on bad things that happen? It's both in the, the words that you're using, but also in the things you're choosing to say, right? So why are you commenting on the fact that there's a traffic jam? Why are you commenting that you've stuck, been stuck behind a red light for five minutes? Because that's not going to make you feel better in the moment. And if you focus on being stuck behind a light right now, you're going to focus more often on being next time you're stuck in the light even if it's only 30 seconds you're going to think you're a victim of this situation so rather than focusing on all the bad things rather than focusing on the little annoying things turn your focus to calling out the good things or calling in the good things what is a good thing that you could make a comment about in throughout your morning today so this morning what thing happened this what what good thing happened that you could comment so say you go into work and your colleague says morning how was your how are you today you just say oh really good I had a really great coffee this morning um or listen to such a great podcast <laughs> put me in such a good mood or you know negative nancy would say oh it's been a nightmare the kids the kids were a nightmare this morning couldn't get them out of the house or oh it's been all right but forgot my forgot this really important paper that i needed don't mention the paper don't mention the paper or change it around and say I um I left the I left I left this really important document at home that I was meant to bring. However, I'm so grateful for that experience because it's reminded me to not be such in such a rush in the morning. You then leave that situation feeling empowered. You feel like that you leaving that document or whatever it is at home was a good thing because you've learned something from it. And the person that you're with will feel good too. And they'll feel good about things that maybe didn't go well for them that morning. So it is so important and so impactful to start to change your language. Um, When I realised, when I remembered that this is something I'd worked on, I couldn't believe that I hadn't done a podcast before now on it because it's probably one of the best places to start and one of the best places to sort of catch up on if you realise that your positivity or your self-development work has slipped a little bit or you're feeling a little bit like a victim. Even when you're, like, ill... (laughs) moments like that moments that are challenging utilize language i studied english at university and i was really into linguistics so maybe that's why this even more so appeals to me linguistics is like like the study of words and study of language but when i actually put psychology and science behind it it makes so much sense what we put what we put our focus on we get more of So let me ask you, what do you want more of? Because if you want more negativity in your life, then start using more negative language. Start saying no, annoyed. Start saying, like speaking in negatives. It's so simple. It's just like, um, 
like saying, oh, I forgot this. Just don't say those things. You can think those things, but start by not saying them. And I know I'm repeating myself now, but I really want you to get this. Because if you get this and you start doing this this week, and then you try and commit to it for three weeks, it would take different lengths of time for different people. You will see such a massive improvement in your life. So I'm going to stop talking there. It's been 20 minutes. um, And I feel like if I keep on talking, I'm just going to give you more examples and say the same thing over and over and over again. Um, And also it is baking hot outside. So I'm going to go and put some shorts on. (laughs) But I hope that this has been helpful. I know it is helpful, but only if you actually take action on it. This isn't a useful podcast if you just listen to it and go about your day doing the same things and using the same language as you normally would. You need to make a change. Things will stay the same unless you make a change. So are you prepared to improve your life? Do you want to improve your life? And if so, are you prepared to make a change? That is your question for today. Send me a DM if this helps at all. I love hearing how things have been for you or write a review. If you don't want to DM me, write a review and you can tell me how it was over there. Um, Otherwise, I'm just going to keep on recording my podcast, the day of the podcast and rambling along and uh, hope that hope that it helps. Some of you do DM me and it is so lovely to hear how it has been helpful in your life. Um, And with that, I'm wishing you a wonderful weekend or a wonderful week whenever you're listening to this. And I'm very, very grateful for every single one of you. Why? Well, exactly what the message said at the beginning of this podcast. You have chosen to commit 20 minutes to listening to positive content. You could be listening to anything. You could be listening to the news. You could be listening to all the information about Boris. You could be listening and talking about and complaining about the state of the UK. But no, you're focusing on how to improve your life because you know that by improving your life, it's going to improve others' lives. And what more could we want? So without further ado, all that is left to say is I appreciate.